the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. It's a new year. It's technically a new dollar, right? Take a look at your paychecks. I looked at mine the first week of the year, and I saw that I was putting way too much money into the 401k. Just things change year over year. I maxed out last year. I'm fine with that. I want to max out again this year, but I was putting in twice as much as, uh, twice as fast as I wanted to. I like to have a little spending cash, right? Anyhow, this is a show about overcoming debt, about getting to investing and not becoming cynical about why you don't have what you have. It's about retirement years, 60 to 100, and what they're going to look like if you don't save. It's probably going to look like a trailer. It may look like a trailer regardless. You may want to live in a trailer park. It may look like cat food. You may think cat food is delicious. That's all fair. That's all fun and games, right? Anyhow, what else is there to really, really talk about today? Um, Stocks, obviously, starting the year with a little bit of volatility, ending the year with a lot of volatility. There's a lot of talk about the president at this point in time. Democrats are licking their chops, seeing, uh, hoping that they're going to be able to pull off you know, investigations into him that Michael Cohen rigging polls was a problem. You know, you, th- you think about that for a second, online polls, and you, you go, how reliable are they? But we do count on them. And when a pr- guy's running for president, he says, my poll numbers are way better than hers. And then you learn that he might have paid someone to, uh, how shall we say, pump him up. Pump me up. Hurry. Get to the chopper. Um, so it, it brings up questions, right? Right now, the big issues, we know them. Do you want me to stop talking about them? Would that make you feel better? China, trade war. Government shutdown. That seems to be the number one starting to freak people out. 
that's overtaken the Federal Reserve's interest rate push higher, although recently they've mentioned that they're going to stop and think. So that, that those are the issues. Oil's kind of backed off. We have the tailwinds. That's a good thing of the tax cut for now. But those are going to start to peter out. And then it makes the year-over-year comparisons reset back to show me. When you cut taxes on a year-over-year basis, it's like, sweet. But in that year two, suddenly, yeah, you're still making a lot more money, but you're not growing it. So it's all about growth on Wall Street at times, right? So tariffs on Chinese imports. There's some advanced negotiations for a larger trade deal by March 2. That's starting to be thrown around as the date. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin um, floated the idea of, like, March 2. We'll, we'll see what we can get done by March 2. Okay. Okay. Going to hold you on that, right? So Wall Street's like, okay, well, we're not going to really expect anything right now. U.S. Trade Representative Leitiza was not in favor of um, trying to set that kind of March 2 deadline or time for maybe, I don't know, I'm just going to shut up because it's not coming out of my mouth right today. Netflix, better than expected earnings report out of American Express, and Netflix had kind of a mixed earnings report. Wow, for years, American Express was like the beating dog on Wall Street, right? I know, I know you're saying, come up with a new term. Let's not beat dogs. Maybe American Express for a couple years there was like the, yeah, good puppy, good puppy, puppy water bowl. I have a puppy, and I ask myself, why the heck did I do that? I think I'm officially the poop picker-upper. So, um, Schlumberger, Schlumberger, love saying that name. It's an oil services giant. They had an earnings miss. Again, oil went from kind of low levels in the 40s to kind of started marching up to 60, 65, and then it pulled back again. Eli Lilly, they're a drug maker. They had a disappointing drug trial. Disappointing holiday sales update uh, for Tiffany. So Tiffany disappointing, Eli Lilly disappointing drugs, American Express, uh, solid. Schlumberger, a little weaker. Netflix uh, missed a little bit. But they also raised prices this week, and Wall Street didn't seem to mind. Tesla said it's cutting 7% of its full-time staff. Uh-oh. The road ahead. Still the potholes. And Elon Musk just hit one of them. And suddenly the Tesla's a little bit on the wonky side. For the record, you want to hear how moody I am? Two years ago, I was like, when I turn 50, I'm going to get a Tesla. Uh, I have no interest in a Tesla at this point in time. I don't know what car would be my dream car because I don't have a dream car. I'm not that shallow, that vain, that vapid. I know, I know. I just pissed off some of the audience. Rule number one. Don't piss off the audience. Rule number two. See rule number one. CVS Health and Walmart have reportedly worked out a new pharmacy benefit management network deal. That's nice. So CVS is a little bit more than just that retailer that sells stuff that you kind of only need in the last second. When the wifey says, hey, honey, can you go to the store for me? 
I'm not a CVS kind of guy, but they're also a prescription benefits management company. So they're going to help Walmart on that. So those are the big stories of the day. Again, nothing really lighting up the screen, is it? Nothing saying, you know, uh, it's, it's more of the same old, same old. Whether that's fair or not. We're starting to see some of the Congress appointees on the committees. And that may spook or rally Wall Street. There's some trade optimism today, so I guess that's positive. Um, Foxconn is cutting 50,000 contract jobs in China. Now, Foxconn's kind of famous for a lot of stuff. They manufacture things like iPhones. So when you let go of 50,000 contract workers... It's a big number. Now, again, you get the holidays and where kind of things are going your way and you hire extra people. The scale of cuts is not necessarily deeper than previous years, which you kind of got to know. It's just way earlier. So that's out there. Contract workers. Wow. So Netflix is going to face a lot of competition in 2019. We know Disney's going to roll out a service. 2020, we know NBC's going to roll out a service, or maybe late 2019. CBS has a service out there. I saw one that kind of made me snicker. <laughs> and he, You tell me if you're going to snicker at this. Costco's thinking about doing a, 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 a streaming content service platform. And that makes me go, wow. And they're calling it a, a streaming service for the common people. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Netflix on their earnings report last night talked about how many millions of people watched Bird Box and how many people, millions of people are going to tune into some of the new shows rolling out. They're doing a lot of production in England, which is fascinating because they're not just licensing shows and they're not just, you know, co producing with BBC. They're actually setting up some studios there. Tesla's down 34 bucks, down 10%. Still like it? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Big seminar coming up January 24th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up today at robblackshow.com. Use code RADIO25. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey, like it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey update. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. I don't talk all things financial all the time, but. One of my passions creeps into the show on occasion. It's hockey. Joining me now, the host of the radio program, the radio broadcasts of the San Jose Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger. Nick, how are you? Good. What's going on, Rob? Good to hear from you. Happy New Year. And uh, the Barracuda, Happy the Cooter are having a great year, right? Yeah. It has been a great year so far. It was, uh, we just got past that halfway point in the season. Um, the team's sitting atop the Pacific Division. It's been kind of... I wouldn't say a surprise, but there was definitely a bit of unknown because coming into this year, it was going to be one of the youngest teams in the entire league. Half the team was going to be new, and about five of the guys coming back were sophomores. So you had about you know roughly 80% of your team were guys who were in either their first or second year. So you know you thought, how, how is this going to all play out? What's going to kind of transpire? And 
so far so good. The team's been playing some really good hockey and arguably one of the best teams in the entire league, and hopefully that means a long playoff run. How has the season played out? Because I know it started super hot. It seems like just looking at the totals, maybe they cooled down a little bit, or they're not as hot, but they're still they're trending great. Um, what, what's been yeah, the storyline? Yeah, you know, the start of the year definitely was, I think, uh, if, you, if you look at just the win-loss totals, you know, they had a stretch where they won, I believe, eight in a row at home and had a nice long winning streak uh, going and a long point streak going. I think they've come back down to earth a little bit. Um, that's due in part that everybody else in the division has kind of found their stride. San Diego was um, at the bottom of the division at the start of December. They were in last place in the Pacific Division. Um, they're riding an 11, 12-game point streak right now, um, and all of a sudden are, are in the third spot in the Pacific and only about five or six points behind San Jose. So, you know, things can change in a hurry. They've certainly been a, been a tough opponent for San Jose. Um, the Barracuda didn't play them until I think the first game was in early December, um, and, and they've played each other now at this point five or six times. So, um you get San Diego when they're hot, and they've lost, I think, four of the five in the five matchups. So that's been a tough test. But maybe come back, coming back down to earth a little bit, but still find a ways to you know pick up wins and collect points. So um, just trying to kind of separate themselves from Tucson and San Diego at that second and third spot. Um, but I think that's, that goes kind of par for the course with the young players is, is they come back down to earth a little bit. And uh, they kind of figure out what the what this level is all about, you know, what it takes to be a pro, and um, you know, maybe coming back down to earth, but still playing some really good hockey. I went to the Shark Tank not that long ago to see a game, and I was probably like four rows from the ice, and it is an amazing game live. And the tickets aren't that crazy expensive; um, it's very family affordable. So if you want to take a family out you can go tonight friday january 18th against texas and then monday january 21st against the condors and um the people can find out more information at sjbarracuda.com sjbarracuda.com the game is different live than on tv is that fair to say nick oh 100 percent. i've said that since i was a young kid i said if you aren't a hockey fan especially in this region we you know we don't need to convince ourselves of loving the game because we already do, but there's other people that are still maybe a little bit skeptical um, on what hockey is all about. And I tell them, go to a game, you're going to be hooked. I mean, people go to games and they they can't believe how how fun and exciting it is in live, you know, action with the naked eye and how fast it is and intense. And especially with with our games, as you mentioned, um, you know, the tickets are a bit more affordable than the Sharks. Um, You can get uh, a little bit closer seats. You can really kind of be immersed in the action and kind of see what it's all about. These guys are not far off from being NHL players. We have guys going constantly up and down um, with the Sharks. And so the difference between, you know, the American League and the NHL, is it's pretty finite. It's not very large. So um, it's a great brand. It's a great product. And I recommend it for anybody to come out. If you haven't been to a game, certainly uh, you should do so. And on Fridays, if you weren't aware, Fridays, of course, are $2 beer night to $1 hot dog nights. You can get in for pretty cheap $10 tickets, and you can have a pretty good night of it. As long as the beer's not coarse. <laughs> kidding. Um, I'm, I'm a craft brew. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But a good hockey game and a good beer always goes together. And, again, this is so family-friendly. That's the thing that I really, really like about it. Um, lots of stuff going on for people to check out. One of the more interesting players, and I don't really like – Picking, not picking on players, but uh, setting them apart. But Francis Perone has been kind of, kind of a good pickup, and he came to the 
Sharks organization, the Barracuda, uh, with that Eric Carlson trade. So, and he seems yeah. like a, a nice yeah. throw-in, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a great story. Um, there's been a couple different articles. I know the Hockey News wrote one. Um, Paul Gacko writes for the Mercury News. Just wrote an article article on him as well. As it was he, you know, he was a prolific player at the junior level. I actually played with Timo Meyer in, in the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and uh, you know, was a captain for his team. Had a ton of success. Was a late round pick by Ottawa. His first two years, he just kind of fell behind the eight ball, kind of lost uh, out on favor by the coaching staff, and maybe you know the organization kind of lost confidence in him as well and, and the opportunities were limited and sometimes for guys a fresh start can you know mean the world and he's come to san jose with you know like a refreshment to his game a refreshment to his mentality um, i spoke to his dad before the season started and his dad was saying he was just excited to you know continue playing hockey and uh maybe maybe start over so what a year it has been for him. He's been a go-to player for, for head coach Roy Sommer throughout the season. Um, is tied for the team lead in points, leads the team in goals, leads the team in power play goals, game-winning goals, shooting percentage, you name it offensively, and he's probably near the top. Um, he's going to be representing the team at the All-Star Classic, which is in a couple weeks in Springfield, Massachusetts, along with goaltender Yosef Kornosh, defenseman Jake Middleton, and head coach Roy Sommer. So there'll be four different representatives with the organization heading out to the All-Star Classic. But, yeah, what a year it's been for Francis. Um, it's been exciting for my vantage point just to see his kind of maturation and the way he's been able to kind of take his game to another level. Hockey's got great stories. Um, the players are all, they're not all colorful in characters, but it's its a its a story-driven league, in my opinion. And, um, you know, the streaks and the goaltending, the Sharks, the, the Major League Club, the NHL Club, um, seem to have a goaltender problem, but the AHL Barracuda, they're on it this year with the goaltending. It, it's it's one of their best parts of the game. Yeah, it certainly has been. If you were going to look at one point, to one, kind of one catalyst in the success this year, you probably couldn't look much farther than the goaltending. Um, a two-headed monster, Antoine Bieber, was an all-star last year. He's only 24 years old, and you got the, the young kid in Yosef Kordash out of the Czech Republic who's 20 years old. So all of a sudden, Bebo looks like kind of the, the old man in, in the room. But uh, they've been a great little combination. They've started every other game. So Coach Somers will start one, and then without any question, the other guy's going to go the next night. So, yeah, it has really been a good two-headed monster. And as you talk about the NHL club, there was a, some times, I think, when there were some question marks at that position. But Everything seems good in, in the world of, of the Sharks and the organization as a whole because it looks like uh, Martin Jones and Aaron Dell have found their game as well. And all of a sudden, you're four deep at the goaltending position. is isn't a bad thing uh, when you look at your organization, probably the most important position in the game. Family-friendly and $2 beers. Parking super easy. SAP Center is an awesome venue. Have a good game tonight. 7 o'clock. Tickets still available at sjbarracuda.com. Thanks, Nick. Talk to you soon. financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Big event coming up January 24th. Wow, that's right around the corner. Um, Thursday evening, 6.30 to 8.30, it's going to be a seminar on wealth, preservation, income, and retirement. Income and retirement's a big one. i got a couple mortgages right now. Oh, and you can sign up at Rob Black Show, robblackshow.com. And use the code radio25. I've got more than a couple mortgages right now that are still going to be active when I retire. When I stop earning income, what am I going to do? I'll think about that when I get there. Joining me now to talk a little bit about mortgages is my mortgage guy. He's someone I will consult with in the future. He's someone I've consulted with with every single mortgage I've done in the last 20-plus years. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoansSource.com. He'll also be at the seminar Thursday, January 24th. Tony, new products in the market, um, trying to get people to buy homes or buy apartments or buy condos, trying to get refinancers, trying to get action, so to speak. What are some of the new products that we should be looking at at this point in time? Well, products uh, drive the market. That's one of the sayings we have in the industry. Um, okay. And then we have rates, and now we have a combination of both, uh, and, as well as guidelines loosening. So we have a really good combination of those three um, elements of, of your refinance or financing transactions, great rates, good products, and looser guidelines. Um, the products that we're really seeing hitting the market are are kind of geared towards, you know, I, I want to say alternate type of clients. The A paper's always been there, you know, the Fannie Mae's, the Freddie Macs, and then your government products. And and you're looking at what they call non-qualified mortgages. Um, out of Dodd-Frank, you had something called qualified mortgages, and you, you set some guidelines on debt ratios and loan limits and things like that. Um, now that these alternate lenders are coming out saying, we really want some business, we're expanding our 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 horizons here and trying to get some more people by offering things like they're bringing back the interest-only loans, um, including the 40-year the interest-only loan where it's fixed for 40 years, but the first 10 years is interest-only. A lot of people are, are saying, you know what, I'm going to forego the arm, and I want that interest-only, but I want that fixed kind of element with it. Um, and, and that really appeals to a lot of people who are in the, you know, the over $700,000 loans because that interest only really makes a big difference as you start getting up over that million dollar mark. And you're talking at three, four, five hundred $500 a month over a long period of time. Um, and that can make sense. So they're, they're there to use. You also have bank statement loans. We used to have the um, self-employed kind of stated income product. Now we're going back to bank statement products where, I'm sorry, bank uh, statement loans where they can prove deposits as income as opposed to that net income that shows up on their tax return. So it's kind of like a gross income um, product for self-employed people. Investor programs are coming out where you can put um, where if the property is cash flowing one-to-one, meaning the debt on the property equals the rents on the property, you automatically qualify for it, um, you know, pending, you know, credit score and, and uh, equity positions. And renovation loans, a couple uh, construction lenders are coming out and saying, we want to join the renovation uh, era where people, yeah. where the, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA have these renovation loans that allow to use the future value of the property. Construction loans are now doing that, and some of them are very attractive. In, in fact, they have some interest-only periods during the construction times. Um, so you're starting to see how the, the picture here where lenders are really opening up their doors to try to get some more business. 
It's interesting because you just brought up four products or five products, one of them being the 40-year interest-only loan. I get it. <laughs> you know, I, I get what they're trying to go for, for sure. Well, let's say um, you want to own a property for four or five years, and you don't like that oh, farm yeah. aspect to it. Okay. You say, you know what, we're just going to try to minimize our debt during that period of time. You go with the interest-only loan. Okay. And bank statement loan seems like a you know it's it's not a bad product. It seems a little fringe to me, but the investor one to one programs that's kind of shocking to me. It seems like they really are trying to stimulate loan demand because if you get they one are. for one cash flowing, that's that's good, but it's not great. Is that fair to I mean, say? The rate's not great, but it's it gets you into the product. Um, I mean, really, what they're looking for, everybody ultimately wants to end up in that A paper product. A lot of these products, just take out the 40-year interest-only loan for a moment there, these non-QM products are, are, are temporary for most people, and they're transitional, so that you end up in that A paper. So you always want to have an exit strategy. And this is, I'm going to wrap in private money loans as well. You want an exit strategy to get into the A paper loan eventually. Okay. What's what's further interesting to talk about? I, I saw a story, a research piece, a couple days ago that's talked about mortgage loans and how the mortgage lenders really only qualify, and this isn't completely true, but really only qualify by credit score. And they should be starting to think about like what happens if a flood hits, like all the homes in Carolina or Houston um, that kind of got wrecked, so to speak, by the uh, assumptions that they were not in a flood zone and people walked away from homes. Uh, does any of this new product strike you as not well thought out, or is it it's it's not bad product? Um, that's a good question because on on occasion we'll, we'll be like, how are they doing this? Why are they going up to fifty percent debt ratio? I mean, even FHA sometimes blows my mind because. Um, you can be right out of a bankruptcy, and you can have a 580 credit score, and they'll allow you to go to 55% debt ratios, even higher than the non-qualified mortgages. So every once in a while, a loan product will doesn't make sense, but um, you know, it, it's it's all about how that product has been selling. Uh, what is their their dropout ratio? You know, in the car business, many 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 years ago, they said, okay, we'll we'll keep going as long as there's a four percent dropout or, or less, and as long as these these mortgage-backed securities keep selling, these products keep selling on the secondary market, you're going to continue seeing them push the limits until they start breaking those barriers, and then they're going to pull back. So um, it's not like the starter teaser loans that we had and liar loans that we had and negams. They they really pushed the boundaries from the beginning, but I, I feel pretty comfortable about what we're seeing, and it stimulates the market as well. And so there is a need for products like this, but I, I don't feel... I don't feel any hesitation using any of these products if it's the right fit for the client. Okay. And like the construction loan, I find I, – I talk to you basically every day about mortgages, and some of the, the loans are easier to get through, and some of them are more difficult to get through. So there's a loan out there for everyone, and now is a good time. Well, rates have recently re, re, recessed or receded. I don't know what quite term I want to use at that point in time. But um, there's a lot of product out there. There's product a combination of, of the three elements that people really that that can stimulate the market. Yes. Now, cash out loans. I've always I like selling my home, taking some money out and buying another property, or taking some money out and paying for kids' college, or taking some money out and I don't mind cash out loans. But some people are a little freaked out by them. What do we need to know about cash out loans right now? Well, you need to. 
you don't want to get yourself into a cycle. I, I still see it, unfortunately, where people can. I go, well, hey, how much did you buy your house for? And they go, oh, five hundred thousand dollars. And I'm looking at how much they owe, and it's like six hundred. I'm like, mm, how'd you get there? Um, it's because people get in that cycle of, oh, and they're paying out, and they're taking out cash to pay off some more debt. So people get in a cycle of taking cash out. That's a bad cycle. Um, you know, I, I have a younger brother that likes to hit the casino, and I tell him every time he goes up, go buy something, right? Go buy something of value that you can't sell, and you can realize some of the gains. And that's what I hope most people are doing with the, um, you know, the cash out. Now, I do like the whole idea of taking out cash to pay off high credit card debt or high interest debt. Um, and then, you know, working on a monthly basis to lower those payments, that's the, per, you know, great use of it. Um, pulling out an equity line so that you have emergency funds um, or say, deciding that you want to take out a 30-year fixed and cash out and lock that, uh, that, that rate for a long period of time because you know you're going to be there and you're managing your debt as opposed to just, you know, wasting it. Um, unfortunately, we still see it. Um, but you know, cash out loans really do have a purpose. There's a lot of equity out there. There's an abundance of equity. We've hit, I think, fifteen trillion dollars of equity here in the United States right now. There's no um, surprise at all that we're seeing this much cash out transactions, especially in the higher end, because the, the, again, these types of products I was telling you about are allowing higher uh, debt ratios and higher loan to values for cash out, and people are taking advantage of this and going out buying more real estate. Sounds interesting. Anything else that we need to know, Mr. Mendez? People could find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Anything else in the mortgage world that you want to chat up? we got about a minute. Uh, this is tax time, everybody. Anybody who, and everybody who has some sort of write-offs on their taxes, take a look at it. If you think you're going to do a transaction next couple of years, it's the time of the year we always talk about that. Seminar is the perfect place to, uh, to do that. Sounds good. Well, People could find you at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The seminar is coming up January 24th, Thursday, 630 to 830. Uh, CFP Chad Burton will be talking about income and retirement. My big question is, how am I going to pay my mortgages in retirement if I don't have the income? So I'm working to get that income up in retirement. Good event for sure. People can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's Rob Black Show. Um, use code RADIO25 if you've never been to an event before. It's a good event. If you've been to two or three events, you probably don't need to go. Anyhow, a lot going on. Netflix analysts are going gaga, not Lady Gaga. Not Goo Goo, not Radio Goo Goo, Radio Gaga. Um, but they're going gaga. They're raising t- price targets on Netflix after they beat earnings expectations. Uh, even though the stock's down a little bit lower, you're seeing one analyst push it up to 450, one pushing it from 400 to 415. Continue strong subscriber growth. The slate of content that Netflix has coming out is scary. Good time to cut the cable cord. Good time to save a little bit of money. Anyhow, and anyway, I digress. It's good to hear from you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Don't be shy. I'm Rob Black. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. The span you're listening to, I'm going to go see in about three weeks. In a private show. How cool is that? Sweet. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> Not. Uh, important. I'm very, very important. Man, that first Ron Burgundy Anchorman was so, so funny. I'm kind of a big deal. The second one, not so much. Um, Will Ferrell kind of, he misses a lot, doesn't he? I think I was being held prisoner at some point in time, and I was forced to watch the Land of the Lost reboot movie with Will Ferrell. And it was torture. It was torture. No. You win some, you lose some. And for anyone who's ever been held prisoner, I apologize. I'm in a glass case of emotion. When your seven or eight-year-old kid does that to you and screams, I'm in a glass cage of emotion, it's pretty darn funny. There's not a person in this room who hasn't done that. Elon Musk, changing topics, says he's firing more than 3,000 Tesla staff because of pressure on profits and Model 3 production challenges. Um... That's a bit of bad news. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Do that 2,992 more times, and you'll be about right. Now, okay, now, here's some thoughts on this. As the world turns, not too long ago, Tesla was the most valuable U.S. car company in the nation, beating out Ford and General Motors. General Motors didn't get that back. Tesla's down 10% today, down 33 bucks. Um, the go-go crazy is turning into the hyper is turning into more routine. I don't want to get too much into it, but I think that's that's a fair statement. Um, Tesla, three thousand people. If you know anyone in the Bay Area who has a job, they typically, if they have real estate, they typically have one or two jobs to support that real estate. So that's some bad news for the real estate market. If we're not creating 3,000 more jobs elsewhere, whether it be Facebook or Google, that, that household formation is kind of a big one. And when you lose jobs, it's, 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 it's tough. So I'm not calling for a real estate crash, but you start paying attention to some of the stuff. Like um, Apple said they're going to slow their hiring because of the slowdown in uh, phones. Slowing their hiring, right? Okay, that's that ties into everything financial, right? You want to go out and get a big fat steak this weekend? What happens if you don't have a job? Or what happens if you fear you're one of those people on the fringe? Or your boss at Google didn't like you, so you're going to work at Facebook only to find out that they're hiring in Minnesota? Yeah. <laughs> so that's out there. President Trump in the news talking about the State of the Union. He's meeting with cabinet officials to revive infrastructure push. He wants to spend more money to fix our roads. Now, we got four days in a row of uh, some sort of atmospheric river rainstorm in the Bay Area. And I'll tell you what, the 101, it got some potholes fast. And one of the best things we could ever do is fix our bridges and fix our roads. It, It makes commerce smoother. It cuts down the waste on how long you have to wait to get home and how much gasoline you burn idling in traffic. It's really, really a good investment. Unless you happen to be the United States who is accruing debt really aggressively. So President Trump is reviving efforts to 
do a significant infrastructure plan that could last up to 13 years. It'd be part of a State of the Union address scheduled for later this month. Oh, the State of the Union. Do you remember being a kid and the State of the Union address would come on? And you'd be like, that? Ronald Reagan's ruining Cosby's on tonight. He's, he's interrupting Cosby. Cosby's going to be replayed at 11 o'clock now. I can't stay up to 11 o'clock. It was dire. But the good news is now we've got millions and millions of cable channels. I think we have actually 2 billion and 5 cable channels. So you can always just change the channel. Unless you went for a skinny bundle. I know, a skinny bundle, right? How about skinny cows? Have you ever had that skinny cow ice cream treat? It is a treat. And you don't feel that bad eating it. So anyway, um, 13-year program. I, you know, in 1956, there was a 13-year program. 1956. What was happening then? Congress authorized a $25 billion budget for years 1957 through 1969. So that made our highway funding program like kick in. A lot of people would like to see any sort of uh, infrastructure improvement funded by like gasoline taxes. In the end, I <clears throat> I like infrastructure projects and they do stimulate the economy. They put people to work, um, put shovels to the ground or boots on the ground or I don't even know what they do, but they do something, right? Something with clothing. Anyhow, State Street, uh, regional bank said on the conference call that it expects to reduce expenses two percentage points. That's a lot from the fourth quarter 2018 to 2019. Now, when a bank is telling you, they're, you know, hey, we just reported earnings and we're going to cut costs. That's okay, but you can only cut so much, right? It's, it's kind of like your body. Uh, you can cut your calorie intake for only so much and then you die. Senator Elizabeth Warren wants Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin to explain December 23rd call to banks where they said they have ample liquidity. Man, that Elizabeth Warren, she's a pit bull. I know you're saying, don't describe women as pit bulls. It's sexist. I'm not trying to say that. She's tenacious. America elected Donald Trump. And yeah, the Russians helped. (laughs) That's a good job. Uh, She's also telling Congress, we need to get Wells Fargo because I've read through their, their consumer protections. We need to get them off college campuses. I'm not against that. Canaccord Genuity reiterated their buy on Apple with a $190 price target ahead of earnings on January 29th. That's going to be an interesting conference call. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube a Rob Black Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.